talking to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Surly. My partner is David Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a lot of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. We certainly do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is produced by Brad Nearman from Berserk Productions. He's down in Lando Lakes, Florida. Hey there, Bradley. How you doing? On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix, a regular visitor. We're also going to have on Ken Duke. He's the editor of Fishing Tackle Retailer Magazine. Getting close to the end of the year. He's here with Dave to recap the year in fishing. And I'm going to get to spend a little time with one of my favorite guys. He is the one and only Ish Monroe. Let's swing it over to Dave Kranz, who's going to bring on Dan Johnston. Give Dan my regards, David. Take it away. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is always brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and we always have Dan Johnston. How you doing, Dan? Doing great, Dave. Thanks. Oh, no problem. We're getting late into the uh, month of December here, 2022, and... Uh, 2022 was an interesting year for the sportsmen and fishermen out there and fisher ladies and and all the kids that got out to enjoy it let's let's kind of cover what uh, you know what the year was and what we can look forward to going into 2023 boy what a what a what a big question you know because and I say it because you know I certainly want to speak more on behalf of the angler, you know, I could certainly talk on the business side real quick here for, you know, 10 seconds about the fact that, you know, we couldn't build rods fast enough. You know, St. Croix is a, is um, really the the leading brand out there, according to data. And, um, you know, it put us in a position where uh, it it was challenging and it was, it was, it was great because the demand was just um, completely off the charts and there was an overall relatively low inventory levels out there. So it was a, it was a position of, you know, making rods as fast as we could, but at the same time, we'll never compromise the quality that has, you know, put us in the position that we're at of being 75 years old, family owned, established brand where we just strive for building the best quality rods we possibly can. So you never want to compromise that either. So obviously it's a challenge when the demand's off the chart and what it did for the angler which is where we should probably spend our time on this on this episode is mm-hmm. everybody was fishing. You know, you go to boat ramps and they're jammed and you go to uh, participation just through the roof. You know, everybody's out there. So obviously that changes our strategy. When you go to your what we call PO boxes and, you know, Dave, we've done podcasts in the past about the importance of understanding patterns over spots. I think this last year or two has been the best example as to why we did that episode. (laughs) Because when you go to your lake now and there's a boat on every single spot that is supposed to be great, if you don't understand why they're on that spot, you don't have the ability to transfer it to other areas where people are not. And I, I think that was the biggest challenge for a lot of anglers 
this year is just, you know, high pressure and these fish get pinged up and they see baits every day. And, and I think that you can do two things. You can go to those spots and catch them doing something different or a different time of day, or look at all the episodes we've done on colors of baits, modifications of baits, line size, tough conditions, barometers, all these things that can factor in to catch them on a beat up spot, but also having the ability to understand patterns well, so we can apply that to other areas on high pressured lakes, which is really the number one card I played in the last year and a half is trying to catch them in areas where I just know other people aren't going to be. Yeah, because the uh, the amount of anglers out there over the last year, uh, it's been another good year for the sport fishing industry and for the anglers uh, to be able to get out there and do something like this. But you make a great point. You, you grab a map that uh, shows you the uh, local uh, areas that are normally good, and you look at that and look at why that area is good rather than, this is exactly what you're saying, rather than going to that spot Try to find another spot that's like it that maybe isn't as big, maybe isn't as noticeable, and so that you can get out there and, and enjoy 2023 like we had 2022. And are the waters going to stay that crowded? Who knows, you know, but it, it certainly has been the, the last couple of years. It really has, and I think it just challenges us to be very creative. You know, it was funny. I was, I really got into a, a, a technique a few years ago with the big flutter spoon that I just wasn't using. And I, I did a lot of research um, on why to throw that, what line and why, um, why use a big one versus a little one, how you let that thing fall on relatively tight slack line, if that makes sense, to detect that thump, but you don't want it to completely free fall and high speed reel to get to it and all these things and researched it really hard because what I thought might happen and it did is I could go to lakes that I know have spots to get beat up but hold schools of big fish and catch them on that thing because people aren't throwing it. They'll go through a football jig on it or a crankbait or all jerkbait, all the things that everybody throws, but a lot of people weren't doing this. And I think it's a classic example of um, understanding why the fish are there, what they're feeding on, what time of year, and then just trying things different. Because I, I can't imagine fishing participation with all the new anglers that we got in in the last couple of years drastically falling off the face of the earth and just having our lakes to ourselves. And we've never had that, but it was a lot more that way, you know, five years ago than it is now. So I, I, th I think that's the biggest thing that the last couple of years did from the angler's pers perspective specific to the strategy and, and how we want to fish. But there's also, when you get increased angler participation, you also get increased communication. And you can learn a lot through different regionalities and following people on social media that are from, you know, southern Missouri that just got into the sport that are, social media heads that are just talking like crazy and you can learn things to apply in your local lake from them too so getting more anglers into the sport can not only make us better because of increased overall information but it definitely challenges challenges us to be creative and different and so i think those are really good things and plus obviously the increased license revenues and the focus on the sport it increases our overall strength legislatively because it's power in numbers and there's a lot of really good positive things that I, I think people should be talking about more than just, you know, our lakes are getting beat up, too many people out. You know, I actually see it as a good thing. Yeah, and, and when people have the time 
the downtime where we're getting to late in the season where the waters get cold, even down south, and things seem to slow down a little bit. This is a good time to look back and, and do a, the individual anglers do a wrap-up on their last year and, and the whys of, okay, how did it change? There, yes, there was more people there. There was, there was a, a, you know, a lot more pressure on these waters. So, so looking forward to 2023, they should use that to try to change their strategies to what if it's the same? What if there's that many people? And even if there isn't that many people, wouldn't you rather hit areas that are less pounded than than others to try to find uh, things others aren't? Yeah, I, I think it's going to make anglers better. There's no doubt. Um, you know, like we said, with increased communication and increased angler present, presence, making fishing generally overall tougher. I, I, I think I think it's tougher when we get set in our old ways and just our old ways and just try to do the same old thing over and over again. And all of a sudden you have a lot more people that see on spots or do, you know, they're applying their old tactics too. And I, th- I think the upside is it's just going to, it's going to make, going to make all of us better. And I, I think another thing that's really been good is, you know, it's for all of us to be cognizant of proper fish management when we catch them, if we do practice catch and release, you know, just real be being stewards of, you know, don't overfight them and let them go the right way. And, you know, if you pull them out of deep water, know how to handle it. Um, making sure if you are boxing them, keeping your live well in great shape, understand the things you can add to the water. Um, if you do have to haul them around or, you know, just little things like that. I think if we all do our part, knowing there's increased participation can really be really be helpful. So the one, the one fact is things have definitely changed with overall increased participation, but I also don't think that we're going to continue to see a giant massive influx of anglers in one year that we saw um, last year and the, even into the year prior uh, going forward. I, I could be dead wrong, but I, I think that's the case because of COVID, you know, fishing was the ultimate social distancing tool, you know, and mm. uh, people just thought, man, if I go out of here, I ain't going to get it. Plus I get to catch one. So it was just the perfect storm. And I think with some of those things settling down, I don't think we're going to see these massive spikes, but I think we should look at it positively and look at the ways that it makes us better and focus on those. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think you bring up some good points there and uh, taking care of the fish because maybe these fish are getting caught uh, two or three times more, you know, from recreational anglers alone because of the, the numbers of people that are out there and taking care of them. So the next person can have uh, an opportunity to catch them also. And like you said, fish handling is important no matter how, how many times you go or how many uh, people are out there. So that, that's uh, definitely, definitely good advice. So 2023, what would we do different? Anything? Go fishing, man. Get out there. You know, I, I, I think that we're, we're going to play the cards we're dealt. And if we've got this huge, you know, a number of high pressure situations out there, we apply some of the, the strategy that we've talked about on this call. But I look at 2023, you know, one thing that's amazing to me is how fishing just seems to be getting better and better and better, at least the way I see it. And maybe it's advancements in ways we catch them. And, you know, we have forward facing now and we have lines that are just unbelievably technical once we figure out what to use when. And I think, I think what, my biggest challenge personally is every year on the fishing side is give myself every single tool 
to be better, whether that's getting information from people that are better than me, which is a lot of them, most are, um, or, or applying technologies to give myself the best ad- advantage I can possibly get and stirring that up in one pot. You know, it, it's kind of like a, a football coach that would analyze the weaknesses of the other team and the strength of theirs and develop a game plan that puts you in the best position to win. And fishing's no differently. And I'm not just talking about competitively fishing. I'm just talking about enjoying it at its maximum level because everybody likes to catch them. I don't care if you're fun fishing or teaching a kid to fish or whatever. It's fun to be successful in anything that you do. And there's so many tools at our disposal right now in 2022, going into 2023, more than ever. And that's a fact, you know, with all the new innovations out there. So just take full advantage of them and go into Dave's bait and tackle and ask Dave every question you can (laughs) ask him because the guy's got a lot of experience. And I say that seriously, though, because there's a lot of new advancements out now that we just did not have even two, three years ago. Well, always good advice from a Dan Johnston, and I appreciate it, my friend, and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, thanks always for having me, Dave. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Kranz. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. And my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. My next guest has been on many times. He has a passion for the outdoors. He is Ken Duke, editor of Fish and Tackle Retailer. Welcome back, Ken. Oh, thank you, Dave. Always a joy to do the We Fish ASA podcast with you or Steve. Excellent. Always a good time. Yeah, and we're always glad to have you. Your insight to the industry is unmatched by anybody, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I kind of thought we'd uh, go over a wrap-up of the sport fishing industry for 2022. We're getting uh, late in the month here of December, and uh, let's, you know, we, we can't complain we had another pretty decent year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, 
people are still fishing as as i think most of your audience probably knows we picked up about eight million anglers in 2020 in the in the depths of the the covid crisis and we've lost a lot of those anglers a lot of those anglers have gone back to uh other hobbies and habits but we kept some of them and and so fishing is still on something of an upturn um i had a chance dave i know you were there at the asa summit recently uh in new orleans back in october and had a chance to talk to a lot of uh, industry players there and try to get a feel for what people are anticipating economy wise tackle sale wise and, and it's not it's not a rosy picture uh, not everybody's expecting great things for 2023. A lot of folks are expecting something of an economic downturn, including in the fishing industry of maybe 15, 20%. So that was a little bit uh, of sobering news. Yeah, and I think some of that is, in, I'm also in the retail environment in Northern Illinois, and some of that for me started last spring. We saw it already. Part of it being that everybody went back to doing everything else they were doing. But one thing I did notice was that many of those people that are back to playing soccer and baseball and everything else they were doing are still incorporating an outing for a day or a weekend uh, going fishing when at, for a while there it was the only game in town. But they're still doing it, but uh, we are seeing, we did see a slowdown uh, already this year uh, and also a, a big catch up on the supply chain because most of the things you order are coming in now at a much easier pace. Yeah, and that's another area that, that's kind of hot and cold, hit or miss, good news, bad news is that the, the supply chain thing and the, and the amount of, uh, of products that a lot of these companies have stockpiled. And in, in a lot of cases, there are companies out there who have a lot of a particular product and they can't move it. Um, they're, they're sitting with warehouses full of stuff and, and, and there are several companies out there really struggling with that challenge right now and trying to get rid of these stockpiles of tackle. So uh, in, in a lot of cases, maybe some anglers will benefit from that, pick some stuff up in the bargain bin that otherwise they wouldn't see there. But, uh, but generally, when you're carrying uh, a surplus uh, of goods, that, that's not good. You're paying insurance on that. You've got it taking up space. It, it can be a real challenge in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. The money is made when you turn it and sell it and buy more. And uh, we have seen that slowdown, uh, like you said. Good news, bad news. At least the anglers can pick up what they're looking for in most cases, where the last two years, Pretty much if they saw it, needed to buy it. Otherwise, they were going to miss out and not have it for who knows how long. Very true. I know, I know you did really well in, in some categories there, Dave, because you were stockpiling some items. You were anticipating uh, good things to happen. So you picked up some extra stuff in the ice category. And lo and behold, when uh, COVID was still still with us in that winter of 2020, 21, uh, you were right there and able to supply your, your audience with stuff they needed. Um, things are changing, and it's going to be interesting to see which direction they go. It'll be interesting to see how many anglers we can keep. It'll be interesting to see uh, if we continue into a recession, what that's going to mean. But a lot of stuff up in the air right now. There is, uh, but I, I do think even though we're talking sales as as a downturn and, and a guess of what 2023 is going to be, I believe there was a sense of relief to a point at both ICAST and the summit that we were kind of past the worst of whatever was going to happen with COVID. We're still going to experience it at some level probably forever, but, but it's, or at least it seems like it, but I, I think the other than the sales downturn, I think the mood of the industry isn't too bad. 
I agree with that. I think we're all glad to see the COVID situation uh, lighten up. But I'm not sure, you know, know, everything you hear medically indicates that COVID may be with us for the rest of our lives. And that would be horrible on a lot of levels, but uh, it's becoming the new normal. So maybe it's not going to be so bad. Maybe we're going to find a way to adapt to it and and live with it. But, um, But yeah, you know, the industry, I think, is glad to be coming out of that situation. The industry is glad to be able to gather again. You know, it's uh, coming back to these these shows, whether they be uh, industry functions like ICAST or uh, ASA Summit, or or whether it be something that you and I will be at in a couple of weeks, the Big Rock Show in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, It's good to get back together. It's good to see old friends. It's good to talk about the industry, plan for the industry, and and just to, to feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself, your shop, your magazine, whatever it might be. Absolutely, that it is a gift, and it is a family in our industry because when you think about it, it's it does a lot of dollars, but it's not a lot of players and not a lot of people, and and certainly with these industry uh, companies being bought up by other companies, there has been a lot of consolidation in our industry in the last several years. Uh, so true, yeah. Private equity has made a, a major, major impact on the hunting and fishing industry, and um, we continue to see that. I, I really feel like it all kind of started with Yeti. When uh, a private company came, private equity company came in and bought Yeti, they took them from being nothing to being this this massive, multi-billion-dollar operation selling coolers prices that we could never have imagined before, and that opened the door, and that that opened the eyes of a lot of the private equity people. And so they started venturing into the, uh, the fishing space in particular. And, and as you say, we've seen a lot of that consolidate and, and it's, uh, you know, whatever's good for the economy, you know, I want to support that. And, and sometimes consolidation can be a good thing. Uh, certainly there are levels of efficiency that you see with consolidation, but also it's a, an opportunity for streamlining. And that often means that people you and I know and care about lose their jobs. Uh, so it's uh, whenever you hear about one company being bought out, uh, that's that always comes with uh, there are two shoes dropping there. The first one is oh they got bought. The second one is what's got that going to how's that going to impact the personnel that we know? Yeah, and the product line for the ultimate end user, the fisherman. Do they keep the twenty yes. percent of the items that uh, you know do eighty uh, percent of the business, and then all the R and D that goes forward? They eliminate items that still sell, but not at a fast enough clip for private equity. And I think you made a good point there about starting with Yeti. I think our industry from that standpoint was flying under the radar when you look at the people that buy businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't think that the fishing industry in particular was held in that high regard by private equity. Um, you know, they, they had seen through the decades uh, angler interest and license sales really decline, especially when compared against population growth. So uh, fishing was probably not a not not seen as being that lucrative. But uh, what they've learned, the private equity companies, the the ones that have been effective and and judicious about their choices, they've learned that they can come in, they can improve some aspect of these fishing companies, whether it be their marketing, their distribution, their product development, and take them to another level that they haven't seen before, and then do what all private equity companies ultimately do, sell them again to somebody else who feels like they can do something to take them to yet another level. Absolutely. Now, we know what we did in the rearview mirror, and we're looking forward. I kind of think that uh, 
from the fisherman's standpoint, uh, the people that are using this product, they have better opportunities at the best equipment we've ever seen going forward. And that's kind of, uh, I think, good looking into 2023, isn't it? Well, yeah, you know, that's one of the things about the fishing industry that I've certainly seen in the, wow, about 50 years I've been doing it. And that is that the products always get better. I look at the, the rods and reels that we fish with today, and I think, you know, they're even the, the low-end stuff, the relatively inexpensive stuff, is better than anything we had 20 years ago. And, and so that kind of development is, is always a joy to see. And, um, and, and it makes the sport more enjoyable. And to a degree, it makes it more more accessible because the equipment is so much better it's easier to use so it makes it easier on beginners um and you wonder how far we can go because dave for as long as you and i've been alive they've been trying to make fishing rods lighter stronger and more sensitive yeah <laughs> that's that's all, all they do they make them lighter stronger and more sensitive and, and hey when you and i were kids we must have been like hercules to be able to lift those rods they want you to believe that uh, every little ounce counts so we must have been supermen to be able to fish all day with that stuff. <laughs> I guess we were, and maybe maybe uh, that that's uh, part of why it's e- easier, and we're still doing it 50 years later. Uh, we can only only hope that uh, we get a, a good long uh, time to continue to fish and continue to uh, appreciate the outdoors, and and they can learn so much the, today's t- too from just. Uh, you know, social media and with learning a technique and it's so much easier for somebody, a family to say, I don't know anything about this. And all they have to do is ask their phone about it and they'll tell them. That's true. I wonder sometimes though, if the, if learning the sport doesn't become more daunting because there's so much out there, I often think about what it would be like for a beginner who doesn't have maybe a family member to teach them and show them the ropes early on to walk into a big tackle shop like yours and and how overwhelming it can be uh yeah sure you can go on the internet and you can search uh how to use a bait casting reel but uh there's there's a lot more to be said for just getting out there and, and trying and do it and i wasn't i wasn't lucky enough to have a relative really show me fishing i kind of had to learn it on my own i wonder if i'd be able to do it today yeah yeah that's a good point definitely having somebody uh teach us that that brings up the point to make sure that everybody's out there trying to get somebody new into our sport and uh ken always good information great uh, catching up with you and uh doing a a wrap-up of 2022 and a little uh looking into the future of 2023 and look forward to having you back on the podcast again thanks dave i appreciate it always a pleasure and i look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks in tennessee sounds good That was Ken Duke. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. For those with a passion for the outdoors, the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. 
We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Serley. Don't forget that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. You know, if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. With us right now is somebody who is always in the news. Usually it's for winning uh, a a major tournament, a major event. This time it's about a a career move that he's making that really surprised the heck out of me. I don't know if it surprised you all as much as it did to me. But he's here to explain his decisions on where he's going with his future. Please welcome one of the most popular fishermen on the water in the USA. He is the one and only Ish Monroe. Hey, Ish, how you doing? Good, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. I am doing quite well. And we'll get to the news. I did want to ask you a couple of things first. You're just back from a fantastic tuna trip. Is that correct? Yes, it was. It was an amazing tuna trip. Where where were you? Uh, we went out of San Diego, and uh, we traveled south about 600 miles. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wait, wait. You were on a boat for 600 miles? Yes. Holy smoke. How long did that take you? Uh, it's about two and a half day trip before you get to the fishing grounds. Oh, wow. And, and, and what do you do? During all that travel time, you eat, you sleep, you hang out, and, and, and watch and, movies, and just just get ready to go. Two and a half days. Wow, that's yeah. You get all your gear ready. All right. So, uh, how, how what what were the tuna like that you were catching? They were big. They were what? I'm sorry. They were big, big yellow fish. Excellent. Does uh, un- unbelievable, and uh, you are allowed to take some back. I'm sorry, I can barely hear you. Okay, are 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 you allowed to take some of those fish back with you? Oh yeah, yeah. What they do is they have big deep freezes, and they basically put them in there and bring them back, and you get them processed, and you get all the meat of all the fish that you catch. Oh wow, that is a. Uh... That's an incredible trip. That certainly uh, defrays the cost because that yellowfin tuna is darn expensive if you have to uh, buy it and, and do it yourself. Uh, did uh, did did you do uh, any of the uh, fish preparation? I I know you have a big uh, uh, you have a big liking for a particular bla- uh, brand of knife. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was using bubble blades to cut up a lot of my fish, especially when prepping them for. 
um, cooking and sashimi and sushi. You you've you've been with Bubba for for quite a while now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I, I I'm actually no longer with them. Um, I still use their knives because they were great knives. Okay. Well, you know what? We won't talk about them anymore. We like to take care of uh, our guests and their sponsors, and and I think that's a a real testimonial when you'll talk about a product that's no longer uh, having you on their payroll. That speaks volumes to me. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff when it comes to products and sponsorships. You know, um, I always think about back to Daiwa being, you know, the SS spinning reel being the one of the first spinning reels that I ever bought, and then to be sponsored by Daiwa and still using Daiwa um, throughout my whole entire life. I was going to wait till the second segment, but I'll bring it up now. As long as you brought up Daiwa, um, you. Uh, you, Ish Monroe, are one of the uh, the best promoters out there. You certainly pick and choose who you want to represent and only represent the best of the best, and you do a great job for them. That said, I would like to state that you may be one of the smartest guys out there as far as preparation and knowledge of sponsors that I have met. I was at ICAST one year, and I was talking to... Uh, Kurt Arakawa, who was the uh, pro staff manager for Daiwa at the time, he's semi-retired now, and I, I talked about uh, was talking to him about pro staff, and he was talking about how few people they like to uh, add to their pro staff, retain on their pro staff, that you have to do certain things to be a Daiwa pro staffer, and and part of it was knowing the product. And I said, oh, I believe that. He said, no, I want to prove it to you. He said, hey, Ish, come over here. You were at the other end of the booth, and you came over, and he started grilling you with questions that I thought only would be appropriate for somebody who was working in the lab designing the reels. And he couldn't stump you with a question. He asked me, he said, come on, ask him something. See if there's something he doesn't know. And it was impossible. You knew those reels up and down, backward and forward. Do you do that with everything you get involved with? Yeah, they, you know, one thing about Daiwa was they include us in helping, you know, design reels. And so when we get to help design, yes, we got another product. But for me, it's more so knowing the best product out there, knowing, you know, what I need to do the job on the water, knowing what gear ratios, knowing how many ball bearings, knowing the, you know, anti-reverse, knowing the drag systems and things like that, which is hugely important in fishing. I mean, from tuna fishing and knowing that you need, you know, 22 pounds of drag when you're fishing 80-pound tests to, you know, having 13 pounds of drag in a Daiwa Tatula Elite Reel that you can lock completely down when you're bass fishing, um, especially when you're throwing a frog or you're punching where you don't need drag. Those are the things that you need to know, and it's just hugely important to understand, you know, the equipment that you're using. You know, I think that's one of the beauties of, uh, of this sport and this business is the fact that we need people like you to educate and help people. Because to go out and say, hey, buy dial reels, buy dial reels. Okay, that's great. I'm sure they love that. But to get people really hooked on a product, you need to tell them, what dial reel to use. And to do that, you need to engage in a conversation. Say, what are you fishing? What are you doing? Like, like, you're, like, you're, like you're saying, 
And I think that's something I've watched you, and I think you really enjoy having that interaction with people at shows and at uh, uh, tournament events, uh, you know, pre-event. Pre uh, you you really enjoy the interaction with the fan. Yeah, no, it's, you know, the fans are everything. Without fans, you don't have a sport, and so it's hugely important to educate them you know, especially when it comes to fishing. I mean, I love seeing people catch big fish and you just want to give them all the information that you can to, you know, allow them to do that. I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful thing. And, I, and knowing Daiwa and their mindset and knowing you and the way you work and your mindset, that's a, that's a match made in heaven, in my opinion. What are what uh, actually what reels uh, what reels and rods brand wise model wise do you per primarily use? Well, I use the Daiwa Tatula Elite Series reels and rods that you know the whole team has designed. Um, the Elite reels you know allow us to cast further, um, but we also use the Tatula SVs for short distance casting and accurate casting without backlash. But the Tatula Elite rods are the rods that the whole team has designed, you know, from guys like Brent Ayler and Cody Meyer and Seth Fighter and Takahiro Omori, Randy Howell. I mean, all those guys are, you know, great fishermen who have designed the best rods on the planet and i you know have my name included on a few rods as well and you know we have the best of the best stuff so that's the rods that i use excellent very very good um we're, let's get to the let's get to the news i was shocked uh to find that uh, there is movement in the tournament business regarding Ish Monroe. I mean it happens every year where we see people switch from major league fishing to Bassmaster Elite or or the other way around or we see people who retire due to uh age or uh you know physical limitations uh, that doesn't happen very often but it does happen. We don't see people make the move that you did. You have dropped out of the Elite Series. Yeah, I mean, I went from the Elite Series to Major League Fishing, and then I realized that the Elite Series is the top level of bass fishing, and the Bassmaster Classic is hugely important, so I'm back to fishing the Opens to get myself back into the Elite Series, you know, to be at that top level and to, you know, be at the Bassmaster Classic because the Bassmaster Classic is the biggest show on the planet it's been that way and it's always been my dream to win the classic so i'm going to uh, work my way back through the opens to the elite series and hopefully get to the classic and win the classic you know i i i accept that it's a good explanation and and, and i'm proud of your ambition but it, it's almost sad it's uh uh I, you know, i've got to work my way back Dang, you're instrument row. You shouldn't have to work for anything. It, but it's the way it is, right? But that's the that's the level of the elite series. Is is nothing's just handed and given to anybody. You have to earn your right to be there. And you know, once again, I feel like I'm a good enough angler to be there. So I'm going to work my way back through. And just like everybody else has, I mean, you look at guys like Iconelli and. Big of Prosnick and Jason Christie, you know, the current uh -huh. champion, Jason Christie, they did the exact same. They worked their way 
from the Opens back into the Elite Series and ended up back in the Classic and Christy winning the Classic. So it's the level that they put on the Elite Series that it is the highest level and you just can't you know, just jump right back into it. You have to work your way and qualify to it, which is, you know, admirable on their end. Yeah, you know, it, 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 there's a competition between Bassmaster and, and Major League, no matter how what they say or how you want to look at it. There's a competition, and, and they're competing for anglers, but they're competing for viewers. They're competing for readers. And when I at a show... And I see Ishman Row there. I, I've said this before. I've told you, you're like the Pied Piper. You're walking down the aisle, and you've got a crowd of kids behind you. They, they, they look at you like you are some an Avenger, a comic book character, bigger than life. Man, we'd love to have him fishing under our banner. And they, they won't make an exception, even though it's a good business thing for them. They can't make that exception. I remember when, when Iconelli was a free agent, uh, people were talking about, well, they're, they're going to give him an exemption to, to, uh, to do uh, uh, BASS again. Uh, he's got to compete just like everybody else. And, and I think if people realized how much legitimacy there was in this, they'd have a lot more respect for our industry. Yes, and that's that's what I that's what I'm about. And Bass has that respect for the industry, and you know they've been around a long time, and they have a history. You know, Ray Scott built something that's phenomenal, and it's Bass is Bass, and that's where I want to be. So I'm working my way back, and I have no problems doing that. You know, I don't I don't want the handout. I don't want the oh you're Ishman Row, you get to get back in. I want to qualify because that also shows my legitimacy as where I belong and where I you know where I want to be. Excellent, excellent. I'm gonna take a quick break, let our sponsors have a word. I'm Steve Sarley, we fish ASA. We're here with the uh, Ishman Row, one of the best fishermen on the planet, one of the most popular guys in the sport of fishing. We fish ASA. We'll be right back with more Ish Monroe. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of bait. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. 
Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. Uh, don't forget that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. And with us is great guy, great fisherman, Mr. Ish Monroe. Welcome back, Ish. Talking about this, what's the schedule like now that you have to requalify? What do you have to fish to qualify? Well, you have to fish all nine bass opens, and the top nine guys get a berth into the Elite Series. Um, there's over 100 guys signed up to fish all nine. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah, the, it's really great. It shows, once again, the how people want to be in this sport. And I'm super excited. You know, there's some really great talent. You have other uh, professional anglers like uh, Bobby Lane, who's also working his way back to the Elite Series. And, you know, um, it's a very spread out schedule. You know, we start at Eufaula in March. And, I mean, we go to St. Clair. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Thousand Islands in New York. So, I mean, we're fishing pretty much north to south east to west and you know it's going to be a tough road but i've been to a lot of those places i'm looking forward to going to a couple of new places that i've never fished before you know uh, bugs island reservoir and we're also going to oklahoma lake you fall in oklahoma i've driven by it a lot of times it's a giant lake and look forward to going there um, but I'm also fishing a lot of stuff at home. You know, we have Wild West Bass Trail that has an Apex Series, which is the top guys in the West Coast, um, 45 guys, and I'm fishing that. I'm fishing Wild West Pro-Ams, and I'm fishing a lot of team tournaments. And I'm just happy to be at home fishing as well because I, I miss fishing at home because we have some of the best fisheries. I, I, can, I, can, imagine, uh, I can imagine that what we're uh, talking about the travel being so rigorous, although – out of all the guys that I know and I've talked to, you probably have that whole travel thing down to a science more than a lot of other guys. Yeah, I've got it worked out pretty good. Um, I've got the help of a driver, and it makes it easy to fly back and forth and, and, and get to spend a lot of time at home because, you know, family is super-duper important, you know? All right, so you will you will trust your rig to someone else, a, a, a friend, a, an employee, whatever we, we, we want to call him, you'll trust your rig to somebody else. They can take it from one place to the other, and that's cool. Do you let anybody help you with your equipment or touch anything that you own fishing-wise? Other than my driver driving my rig, no. I, I you know, um, a lot of my boat rigging I do with the help of some of the guys at CNC Marine, um, other than the service trailers helping us when we need service. But, I mean, the equipment that I run, Skeeter Boats, Yamaha, I don't spend any time at the service trailers. <laughs> yeah, that, so. <laughs> that, that that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I'll, I'll have a guy say to me, he'll say, yeah, you're talking to this guy who's talking about, uh, uh, you know, what do you, what do, you do the uh, the the night of a, of a tournament? You, know, you, you fished all day, you go, but what do you do? Oh, I'm re-rigging my rods. I'm doing this. Oh, they got to have somebody help. They can't be doing that, fishing all day. And no. I, I don't know. I, I, I've never heard anybody let anybody touch their rods and reels. No, because if the knot fails, that's, that's, on, that's you letting someone else do that. I mean, 
I I look over my knots and no one takes care of your stuff better than you. You know, same thing with my Lowrance units. There's nobody touches my Lowrance units other than, you know, me doing updates and things like that. And I don't, once again, don't spend much time at the service yard because I don't have any issues with these because I do a lot of the rigging myself. Are, are you, are you using Lowrance exclusively? Yes, I'm using Lowrance exclusively. For me, Lowrance makes everything the best so that I can do my job. You know, their GPS is phenomenal. Their regular sonar is phenomenal. The, their, even their new 360 with the ghost trolling motor, it's the best trolling motor on the planet. I mean, I it's digital. I have zero issues of breaking cables. I don't, you know, it, it's built to last. It's the, you know, the trolling motor that's brushless, so it's the most quietest trolling motor out there. I mean, Lowrance has done it right with everything that they've done, and, and, and that's why I've used Lowrance exclusively. I, I agree with you 100%, and, and you were uh, uh, a little bit off the tracks as far as everybody else because the guys I'm talking, oh, I use I used three brands, you know, and I got to have this, I got to have this. And, well, number one, it, it, it it's hurting you in the that's pocket. Lack, that's lacking confidence in their equipment to do the job, and that's why they have to use all these different brands. And I just, once again, I identify myself with the best brands and the best products on the planet, and it helps me to do my job. You know? I, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I'm really glad to hear that. I'm, I'm a big Lorenz fan myself, uh, but, you know, I, I just can't understand. If you've got, a, a you know, Garmin, a Humminbird, a, three different units for three different things, I you got to have a, a, a hard enough time paying attention to your presentation and where the fish are without having to worry about which of the three screens you should be looking at at any particular time. It seems like yeah. it does nothing but add confusion. Yes, it does. I mean, you see it, you know, you look at some of the best guys on the planet that fish, you know, the Kevin Van Damps, he sticks with one brand. Jordan Lee, he fishes all the rants. Edwin Evers fishes all the rants. Skeet Reese fishes all the rants. I mean, these are guys who are constant winners on tour who, you know, compete at the highest level, and they fish one brand. Ah, I like that. I like that. It's very, very good, very good explanation. And you're taking away a lot of the hesitation of people who were going out shopping this winter, you know, in the off season saying, I need to upgrade my electronics. What should I do? And they've heard so many people say, well, you need more than one brand of electronics. Uh, you know what? Go to the Lowrance aisle and, 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 and shop there. They'll take care of you. There's no need to, to spread out and uh, uh, over, over buy. You know, I've seen the Lowrance Active Target too, and I'll put it up against any other brand's forward-facing sonar. I mean, the Active Target 2 is is phenomenal. You know, the new HDS Live Pros that they have coming out, I mean, those things are amazing. Excellent. The processor is super fast. And, and this is all stuff to come. So, you know, it's not like Lowrance stays stagnant. They are always on the innovative. If somebody beats them to something, then they're working on to beat them the next brand is something else. So, like I said, stick with one brand, and you'll probably be better off in the long run. Well, if if you can, if somebody can find somebody that uh, 
makes a product that beat Lawrence to the marketplace, uh, let, let me know and we'll have them on because I don't know of anybody. Lawrence is always first on the shelf to me. It's, it's, it's funny because it's, it's, it's those guys that I always see. I call them the Facebook pros, <laughs> and they're always on social media, and those are the guys with three different units. But if you look at their tournament standings, they never finish in the top 50%. Oh, it doesn't make, doesn't make any sense to me. does not make any sense. Well, you, you, said, you said the magic words. Uh, you pressed the hot button. Forward-facing sonar. My goodness, there's an awful lot of uh, social media whining about forward-facing sonar ruining professional fishing, ruining tournaments, ruining the sport for amateurs. What's your take on that? Well, I will tell you this is it does not ruin the sport of bass fishing. So forward-facing sonar is another tool. Just because you can see them and you can see your bait does not mean that the fish is always going to bite. It's a creature in nature. that There's a lot of different things that makes it want to feed when it wants to feed. Just because you see them doesn't always mean you catch them. I will tell you that I use forward-facing sonar um, not 100% of the time, and I fished a lot of tournaments, especially when fishing shallow, you, you you really can't always use it. And so it's not the end all to bass fishing. It's a fantastic tool to have. And I would tell everybody that they need to have it in their boat. But I will tell you that it's not going to, you know, win every single tournament that's out there. No, okay. I, I, I understand that. I, I do understand that. Uh, and you said specifically, like, it was almost like you, you caught yourself and you made this specific to bass fishing. Are there other types of fishing that you think the forward-facing sonar is too darn good? Oh, it'll make you a better crappie fisherman for dang sure. And, you know, I, I've used it out here fishing at Clear Lake for crappie and New Maloney's. And, man, you can see them crappie schools and know exactly where they're at. And, man, it's awesome for catching crappie. And so it... it it just it's a fun way to catch them too you see your crappie jig going down and you watch the crappie how they react to it and if they're eating it they're eating it if they're not you need to change colors you know i i think i would have a hard time stumping you on on anything because that's exactly what i was thinking about when i asked the question because i hear most of the feedback uh negative feedback on forward-facing sonar comes from crappie people who say quote it makes it too easy, and nothing gets me more aggravated when somebody says that it, something makes fishing too easy because I have never had a day in my life where fishing was too easy. Exactly. It's just fishing supposed to be fun, and it makes it more fun, and that that's what Active Target does is it makes it more fun, and that's why I say that everybody needs to have it and stuff, but it is definitely not the end all of fishing. Oh, excellent. Absolutely excellent. Um what do you feel now? What do you have to do in the in these uh, opens this year? The nine opens you're fishing. What will you feel you have to do in order to qualify for the elites the following year? Well, I mean, I'm going to go fish every single open to win because they have the win and you're in the classic deal, and so I'm going to fish them all to win. But I I really feel like. If I fish to win and I fall short, I'm still going to cash a check. And if I cash a check every event, then I will be in the top nine. 
Excellent. I would I would love to see that. I think that would be phenomenal. And talking about the West Coast events, uh, the rest of the world or the rest of the United States is pretty much uh, shielded from what happens on the West Coast. Uh, you came from you came from the West Coast. I remember when there was only one, two, three guys, and now we're adding more and more West Coast fishermen to the to the mix that are having to travel over fifteen hundred miles to get to the to the lakes we want them to fish on. Uh, there are there are more and more. So I, I think that is I think that is a good thing. But actually, if you were a really good stick, you could make a pretty darn, darn good living and never come east of the Rockies. There, there's an awful yeah. lot of awful lot of opportunity, isn't there? Oh, yeah. I mean, between Wild West Bass Trail, they have three programs. You have Apex, you, which we have uh, three events. You have uh, Lawn Bass. They have three major events out west. And you go in there, the Toyota Series, and then all the team tournaments, and then a lot of the contingency money. You know, Skeeter Boats uh -huh. has a real money program that if you have 60 competitors or more in an event and you win the event and it's signed up, you get an extra $5,000. I mean, if you look at that, that's just $5,000 for a no entry fee deal that you can win. And so you throw in contingency money with all these events and yeah, you can make a pretty good living. Excellent, excellent. Hey, Ishman Monroe, thank you for being with us. I really appreciate uh uh, talking fishing with you, we could talk. I could talk to you for hours. I, I know you'd be you'd be bored to death with me, but I'd be thrilled by it. I, I'm looking forward to watching you compete this year on the elites, trying to get back in the classic, trying to get back. I'm sorry, on the opens, trying to get back in the classic, trying to get into the elites again. I think this is going to be a great season for you, and and I, I'm pretty darn certain that the 2024 Classic, wherever they have that, is going to feature Ish Monroe as one of the anglers in that. Be good, my friend. Uh, do, do your best. I know you will, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you in the near future. Thanks, Steve. You have a great day. Thank you, Ish. Ish Monroe. Isn't he something else? That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank our guests. Dan Johnston from St. Croix, Ken Duke, Fishing Tackle Retailer Magazine, the one and only Ish Monroe. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. We do. Daiwa Reels. Don't forget, we put a new episode of our podcast up every Wednesday. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts. You can always catch it at our website, wefishasa.com. You can write to us there. We answer everything we receive. So get to those keyboards and have at it, my friends. If you like what you hear, let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or somebody we should have on the show, you can let us know that too. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner's Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.